I just want to start by um, thanking the university for uh, having me as a speaker today. There are some academic panels which don't actually have lead speakers, so it's quite refreshing to have one which um, does, and thank you for the um, invitation. I thought I'd start off by talking about the, um, the how and why question, you know, why um, leave one. And a lot's been written about this since the referendum, and there's talk about how it was all about anti-immigrant sentiment, um, you know, rejection of globalisation, um, sort of populist revolt against the liberal metropolitan elite. Um, actually, that, that misses the main point. And the main point, if you look at any of the polling done since the referendum, was that people wanted to, to coin a phrase, um, take back control. And that was the slogan of uh, Don't Leave. And if you look at the uh, polling done by Michael Ashcroft, which is probably one of the best polls post-referendum, which was actually done on the day, uh, he asked uh, Leave voters, you know, why did you vote Leave? And 49% of them chose Leave because they felt that decisions about the UK should be taken in the UK. Uh, that's the top reason. And only 33% of those Leave voters um, talked about controlling uh, migration. So I think that it's worth noting that the, the sovereignty message, if you like, the take back control message, was the key driver behind the Leave vote. I thought I'd also touch on one other point about uh, migration. Uh, so it's been one of the points looked at by this project. And that is looking at the sort of migration that people um, find acceptable to the UK, if you look at the electorate at large. In the run-up to the uh, referendum, we did a lot of market research and focus groups, you know, right up and down the country. And they all said more or less the same thing. That was that people had um, a problem with um, unskilled migration. <coughs> um, just to pick out one poll that Mori did, 63% um, of people wanted lower unskilled migration. But what was interesting was when you looked at um, other forms of migration, um, the UK population at large were much more open to that. So um, only 24% um, wanted lower numbers of foreign students. Only 15% wanted fewer uh, scientists and researchers. So Cambridge Academics will be okay. Um, so it's worth looking at the different forms of migration. And that also feeds into how the government deals with the migration issue post-referendum in the negotiation process. There's the whole idea that people want to pull up the drawbridge and have zero immigration isn't the case. People's worry is about taking back control over it and having, um, if you like, a sort of quality filter and having more highly skilled migrants. Um, the next point I thought I'd touch on is uh, the whole anti-expert sentiment of the referendum. That's one of the more controversial parts of the uh, campaign. People remember what Michael Gove said about experts in his uh, one of his debates. I think that um, the experts um, made two very big mistakes during the campaign. One was to um, overblow their claims. So I'm not necessarily talking about academics here, but when you had um, you know, EU commissioners talking about how it would start World War III if Britain voted to leave, um, or if you had Obama saying that Britain would be sent to the back of the queue for trade deals, or if you had George Osborne saying how there'd be a self-inflicted uh, recession if we left, 
um, somebody talked about the end of Western civilization, I think it was Donald Tusk. Mm -hmm. All of these claims were so overblown mm -hmm. that voters started rejecting all the advice given by the mm -hmm. experts. And that really was quite a key point in undermining the project fear during the referendum. I think it's also worth pointing out that um, this is a point that we made a lot. Um, a lot of the experts who were saying how terrible it would be if Britain left the EU were the very same people who said how terrible it would be if we didn't join the Euro back in the early 2000s. So the phrase that we had at Vote Leave talking about how these experts were wrong then and they're wrong now, again that had resonance because of the previous track record of some of the um, experts. But I think one of the things which um, many people haven't picked up on, because obviously in the period after the referendum, people look at the, um, the campaign itself and look at all the facts in the campaign. The key point, the key driver why Vote Leave won, was the fact that um, Cameron didn't live up to his promise in the Bloomberg speech. Mm. He basically failed at the expectations game in the referendum. So in the Bloomberg speech, when he talked about how he wanted to reform the EU, how Britain would be um, better off out of an unreformed EU, um, how all options were on the table if he didn't get reform. When he came back with a deal that was widely dismissed by um, everybody in the media, including the FT and the Guardian and the BBC, would say the deal didn't really add up to very much, his logic basically broke. But then he then went to the mode of saying how uh, terrible it would be if Britain left the EU. So he had a change in his tack there, and I think the public really saw that, and his own credibility uh, plummeted as a result of that. So what about since the referendum? Um, I think two points to make since the referendum. The first point to make is actually how... Sorry, I've changed the slide, I don't mind. Um, how actually politically things have been incredibly stable compared to what they could have been. Um, I think people were predicting a lot of political instability um, uh, after the referendum. And how it turned out with the Conservative Party leadership contest um, being resolved so quickly with Theresa May becoming Prime Minister within three weeks of the mm. referendum actually really helped ground things over the summer. A vote leave, we didn't think the Prime Minister should go if he lost the, lost the vote. We felt that he would have been in the best position to actually see through the leave vote. Uh, but he chose to leave, and I think it's probably a good thing that contest was curtailed to three weeks rather than dragging over the whole of the summer and us getting the result in uh, the second week of September. That would have led to a very difficult summer, mm. and I think it would have meant that the referendum campaign would have effectively continued throughout the summer rather than being shut down when Theresa May was selected as Prime Minister and made it very clear that Brexit actually did mean Brexit and we should actually move on. I think it's worth pointing out the economy as well. Um, now, some people who are behind Project Fair now say, well, uh, of course we didn't think the recession would happen straight away or we didn't think the sky would fall in straight away and, or the economy would collapse. Obviously it won't happen for a few years, that's all still to come. Actually, during the campaign, it was said that. Mm -hmm. George Osborne was talking about how there'd be a self-inflicting recession. He was talking about how there'd have to be uh, an emergency budget. 
after the referendum where I think tax would have to go up by 10% and spending would have to be cut by 10% and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, none of that has happened. And actually, the economy is actually going, you know, great guns. Um, if you look at the latest uh, forecasts from the OECD and IMF, uh, Britain remains the fastest growing economy in the G7, and I predict it will stay that way. Other barometers, um, uh, you know, if you look at consumer confidence at an all-time high, if you look at uh, manufacturing doing extremely well, uh, we've got the issue of the pound, but I think that there are quite a few people like Mervyn King um, who are quite right in saying that the pound was overvalued before, and now it's probably actually close to the level it should be at, and it should be at for the for a good uh, economy. Where now? Final section. Um, Obviously, one of the big debates is between um, should we be a member of the single market or should we be uh, trying to get um, access to the single market through some form of uh, trade deal. I think it's worth pointing out that it was made absolutely crystal clear throughout the campaign by people on both sides of the debate that a vote to leave would mean a vote to leave the single market. Um, if you look at what George Osborne, David Cameron, any number of politicians said on the Remain side and politicians on the Leave side, it was very, very clear that Britain is leaving the uh, single market. Um, so I think any idea now that we're going to say some sort of member of a single market in some sort of perhaps um, following the sort of Norway um, option, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't think it matches up with the uh, promise of taking back control over migration or, um, you know, stopping being under the competence of um, uh, the ECJ and the jurisdiction of the ECJ. So Britain is now going to leave the single market, that's clear to me. But I'm also very confident Britain will be able to negotiate um, extremely good terms of access to the single market. Um, unlike um, other countries doing trade deals with the um, EU, Canada, the US and others, um, we're in the unique situation of having um, the same regulatory structure at the moment. So a lot of the issues which usually come along with trade deals won't be the case with the UK negotiating the free trade deals. We always have the same regulatory structure. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out that um, you know, the Eurozone isn't doing particularly well economically at the moment, and it will be massively foolish of the Eurozone countries to start trying to cut off uh, the UK by bringing in huge tariffs and quotas. It's often talked about how um, you know, three million jobs in the UK are linked with trade with the EU. Um, I think it's just under six million jobs in the EU are linked with trade with the UK. The UK is the, the big, biggest single export destination for the rest of the EU combined and for the majority of the EU countries um, individually as well. So they'd be very foolish.